When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Austin, Texas, Sports, the Hulk. Oh man, what a football game last night. Overtime in Vegas. And the great Peyton, uh, the uh, great Patrick Mahomes has done it again. Uh, and a lot of conversation one hour in and four to go. So plenty of time for you to get in and uh, make your thoughts heard. 447-3776. Brock Bollinger is producing the show today and chiming in. Our friend Nick Shuley is going to drop in and uh, give us his thoughts on the Super Bowl as Rod Babers is making his way back from the Super Bowl. He was in attendance last night, as we told, him on, uh, told you on Friday. Uh, Rod uh, had a ticket and... Uh, Flew out to Vegas on Friday to be at the game. Uh, can't wait to hear his thoughts on what he saw last night. Obviously, he will be disappointed because uh, he was there to root on his good friend and former teammate Kyle Shanahan, and the 49ers uh, did come up on the uh, the short end of a, a 25-22 loss. Here's a text that says, if not for a fumble, pun, and McCaffrey's fumble, 49ers likely win in regulation. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the lead on my notes if you're, if you're a Niners fan and why they didn't win this game. Uh, special teams is number one for me. I mean, against this team, against that defense, against Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, the muff punt and the uh, the missed extra point, the block extra point by uh, Leo Chanel uh, really turns out to be the difference in the football game. And uh, when the margins are this slim, um, gosh, you, you have to have every point. You have to have every – you can't give a short field to Patrick Mahomes when your defense is playing as well as they were into the third quarter uh, of that game. Hey, before we get to the headlines, Brock – yeah, they got to have that D. Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid. Hey, what'd you make of speaking of Andy Reid? What did I mean? It was a big conversation here. We had probably twenty, thirty people here at the house yesterday watching the game, and you know when Travis Kelsey banged into to Andy Reid on the sidelines and uh, dang near knocked him over. Uh, it was it was obviously you know, a, a huge deal in the conversation here. Um, you know, he was fired up because that was the fumble, right? That was when uh, when, when Isaiah Pacheco fumbled Pacheco, the football. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, after Christian McCaffrey had fumbled, obviously they had the ball in the red zone chance to score, and they fumbled, and Travis Kelsey ran over and uh, was upset he wasn't on the field for the play. And, you know, Andy Reid afterwards minimized it, said he was off balance. It was really he was just coming over to tell me something, and he hit me, but I was like you know, off, uh, I was off balance, which is why it looked worse than it was. Uh, both sides minimized it, and Travis Kelsey had a heck of a second half, ended up with nine catches, nearly 100 yards in the game, dominated the second half for the Chiefs. Uh, what, what, was your, what was your conversation and your thoughts on what went on with Kelsey and, uh, and the head coach? Yeah, I don't buy that, that he just kind of tripped into him. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. But also, I don't. I didn't make too much out of it. Well, no, no. Andy Reid was saying he was off balance. Like, he, oh, like Andy Reid was himself, off balance. Yeah, he he himself was off balance when he bumped into him, which made it look like it was more of a. He said he didn't hit me that hard. Uh, I was kind of on the wrong foot. And either way, uh, you know, he was coming over to be. I, I, he was passionate, but I know that's going to get a lot of conversation today. Yeah, I mean, well, it's also not the first time that that's happened between them. You know, and it seems like they have a really good relationship, the two of them. So I, I, I didn't make too much out of it. Um, 
You know, it, it, it looked like Travis Kelsey was upset that they took him out of the game, put Noah Gray in, had him out wide blocking, and he he completely he whiffed on his block, and, and the guy that he whiffed is the one that forced the fumble, and I think that's why he was upset. But it's, you know, I, 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 I didn't make too much out of it. Uh, yeah, well, so we'll take your thoughts on that. I mean, there, there are a million different subplots to this game, uh, but that's a, that's a piece of it, and obviously the Chiefs won the game. If, had they had lost the game, it would probably be more of a conversation, but uh, yeah. in victory, um, you know, it's just a just a – uh, moment in the football game. We'll take your thoughts on it. Let's get to the headlines and catch you up on uh, the moments of the morning. Let's get you caught up. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bringing you the news. And yes, Patrick Mahomes collected his third Super Bowl MVP award, leading his Kansas City Chiefs to a 25-22 overtime win over the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas last night. After scuffling offensively for most of the night, Mahomes led the Chiefs on four consecutive scoring drives in regulation and overtime. Cleared a game-tying drive for a field goal in the closing seconds of regulation. And then after the Niners kicked a field goal on their first possession of overtime, Mahomes led the Chiefs on a 13-play, 75-yard game-winning drive, capped it with his second touchdown pass of the night. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class. No question about it. Chiefs trailed by as many as 10 points early in the first half of that game. Makes it the third time in Mahomes' career that he's overcome a 10-point Super Bowl deficit. Another double-digit loss blown for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers on the other side. 28-year-old quarterback finished with 333 yards and two touchdowns uh, en route to another MVP. I've got to give God the glory, man. He, he challenged us to make us better. And I'm proud of my guys, man. This is awesome. It's legendary. Legendary indeed. Mahomes has won three Super Bowls over the last five years and made the Chiefs the first team to capture back-to-back Lombardis since the Patriots in 03-04. Only Tom Brady has more Super Bowl MVPs with five than Mahomes, who's now tied with Joe Montana. Closer to home, great weekend for Texas basketball. Texas men and women cruised easy wins on Saturday afternoon at Moody Center Saturday with senior forward Dylan DeSue with 19 first-half points, 27 for the game as the Texas men rolled to a 94-58 win over West Virginia. Longhorns men led by as many as 43 points in the game. was never in doubt. The 34-point margin of victory, the largest win of the season for Rodney Terry's squad. Texas women, meanwhile, were in Fort Worth. They were equally dominant. Vic Schaefer's team improved to 22-3 on the year of the win over TCU, 65-43. Texas softball team started their season. They're up to a 5-0 start now. They capped a 5-0 swing through California with a 10-2 win over Loyola Marymount yesterday. Uh, three of those wins came over traditional softball power UCLA, Horns outscored the Bruins 35-3 in those three games. In golf, Nick Taylor edged Charlie Hoffman on the second playoff hole to win the Waste Management Phoenix Open yesterday. Taylor forced extra golf with a birdie on 18, then birdied both playoff holes to seal the victory. Fired at a 65 on the final day to finish at 21 under. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rental and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. So, uh, you know, fuel to the fire about Kyle Shanahan and the overtime decision. Um, you know, this is going to be a big conversation today. You can anticipate it. I, I, I'm on record. I, you know, you mentioned, Brock, you heard Kyle Shanahan after the game say he, wasn't, he was planning to uh, 
you know, they, he wanted the ball third, right? If you get yeah. to overtime now with the new rules in the postseason, that it's 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 sudden death after both teams get the ball, regardless of what happens. So, if, you know, if the Niners had scored a touchdown on that first drive and taken a seven-point lead, the Chiefs would have still had the ball. Uh, it's the, that's the rule as of 2022. Um, it was Chief Safety Just, Justin Reed who told the Ringer. Uh, .com that uh, the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones said players were prepared for what to expect. Um, Chris Jones, after the game, said, we talked about this for two weeks, uh, how we were going to give the ball to the opponent if they scored. We were going for two to end the game. We had rehearsed it over and over, according to Chris Jones. Now, uh, the other side of that is, according to multiple Niners, the 49ers did not do the same. Multiple players said after the game they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. Strategy discussions and how to handle the overtime period did not occur. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the state jumbotron during a timeout. Kyle Juszczyk said he assumed the Niners asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when it's a touchdown to win the game. I guess that's not the case. I really don't know the strategy. Now, uh, again, I mean, you can go back and forth on this. Um, you know, to, to Chris Jones's point that they were going to go for two to not let the Niners get the ball back for a third time to Kyle Shanahan's point. I mean, this will be a debated case, Brock, of, uh, of you know, coaching negligence on Kyle Shanahan's part or, you know, just, you know, trusting your offense and trusting your ability to, to get the ball the third time. Yeah, I think he was a little overconfident with his offense. Um, and I was kind of thinking that when he was like, we, you know, we want to get the ball third because we plan on going down scoring and then you always have to count on Mahomes scoring. And I'm like, I don't know, man, this has kind of been a defensive game thus far. You know, I'd, I don't have a problem with him him receiving that kickoff, but it's also, you know, if I was him, I'd be thinking, you know, with the way our defense is playing, man, there's a good chance that we could we could hold him to a field goal and then get the ball and win the game. Yep, I mean, it's uh, it's debatable. We'll take your thoughts. Four four seven three seven seven six. The right way to go there. The rules are different, uh, but in the end, I mean, to me, if you're if you're Kyle Shanahan, uh, you're waking up this morning and uh, if you even slept last night, thinking about your special teams. And you're thinking about red zone. I mean, this was the most efficient red zone team in football this year. Uh, and on too many occasions, they had to settle for field goals, especially late in regulation. And then even in overtime, uh, when they did have the ball close inside the 10-yard line, they, they had to kick field goals and not score touchdowns. Uh, and one play that really stood out to me, uh, Brock, was at, at the two-minute warning of regulation. Uh, you know, as we were sitting here watching the game, I mean, it, that, to me, that was the critical play of the game. Uh, if you're the Niners, you – You've got the ball. You've got a chance to go score a touchdown and win this football game. Because to me, I mean, you, we've all watched Patrick Mahomes enough now to know that you've got to put the dagger in him. I mean, you've got to yeah. stab him in the heart if you're going to beat him. Right. And you had the ball at the two-minute warning coming out of a timeout. I mean, because they take a timeout at two-minute warning. It was third and four. And, you know, I'm kind of hollering at the screen. I mean, this has got to be your best play, Kyle. I mean, whatever your best play is, this is it, right? You, you have to convert here. Because if you convert a first down there – in regulation, coming out of the two-minute warning on third and four, you now control the game because, really, you can you can even kick a field goal and never give the ball back to the Chiefs potentially, right, uh, if you can execute. And they did not. And, you know, the third and four falls incomplete. They threw it to Greg Jennings. It was great coverage by Trent McDuffie. Uh, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't an inspiring play call to me. And, uh, and I think kind of frustrating. But, you know, at that point, then you have to kick a field goal. But what did you do? Uh, because you didn't convert the third and four – you kick the field goal, and you go up three, but you left, you know, a, a minute and 50 seconds on the clock for Patrick Mahomes to go back down and kick a field goal to get it to overtime. Uh, to me, that was the critical play of the game. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, yeah, that, and then, like I said earlier, that, that blocked PAT, man. It, yeah, in hindsight, like, Kyle Shanahan's going to, there's going to be a lot of sleepless nights looking back at this game. There are. I 100% agree with you on that. And uh, that to, to me, that, that was the critical play of the game, the juncture where it goes back to when they played Buffalo in the AFC playoffs in the divisional round. And uh, similar for the Bills. They had the ball. Uh, it was 27-24 Chiefs at the time. And they were approaching the two-minute warning. And they had a chance to, to get, you know, if you remember back in that game, it was Josh Allen who pushed the ball down the field to, through, to, to, through two deep balls, uh, balls into the end zone. Uh, in that moment, instead of just managing the down and distance, you know, getting first downs, controlling the clock. Uh, and if you kick a field goal, you kick a field goal, but, you know, to get to overtime. But it's a shorter field goal on a windy night in Buffalo. Uh, or you score a touchdown and you never give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. I really think that's how you have to think these days uh, about, you know, playing this. You, you, you have to kill this quarterback or he's going to beat you. Can we hear? I, I sent you, Brock, some, uh, uh, some piece of audio from Chris Jones because uh, this guy, I mean, I, if you go back and watch the highlights of this game, and I think you'll see them all day today, uh, he got pressure on, on what could have been two potential touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers twice. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's intended target, Brian Denayuk, was breaking open, uh, was going to be wide open for touchdowns or, or big plays for sure. Uh, and Brett Chris Jones uh, just blew up his, his blocking assignment and was in Brock Purdy's face before the play could develop. Uh, let's hear from Chris Jones, the all-pro defensive tackle after the game. What gave you so much confidence in this defense and in the defensive play caller in Spags? Um, just the journey we've had to take, the adversity we had to face. I think we faced the best team in the league in Baltimore Ravens, hands down. And the journey we had to take Ooh. was um, being one of the most pro prolific offenses in the game in um, our first game, Miami Dolphins. And then going to a Buffalo team who was steamrolling people and um, defeating them at home. And also going to Baltimore Ravens, which is a tough environment. MVP, Lamar Jackson, and that defense, man. And we was able to overcome them obstacles. We wasn't being defeated here. All right, there we go. There's Chris Jones. I thought he was, uh, along with Trent McDuffie and Leo Chanel, the, uh, the defensive players of the game uh, for that. This uh, Chan with a nice Texas Chiefs defense was also getting tired. Um, you know, th th that's true, too. I think, look, if you again, the Kyle Shanahan debate about overtime, a million different ways you can go. That You know, if you, if you, if you give the ball to the, the 49er, to the Chiefs, you know, your defense was just on the field trying to defend the, the field goal drive that tied the game and sent it to overtime. There's, there's that that's going through your head. Uh, your offense is ready to go, and, and as Kyle Shanahan said, you're going for three scores, right? You're going to try to be, have the ball for the third time and make that happen. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, that's a debate that can go back and forth. Now, obviously, after the game, the 49ers, playing, 49ers players saying they weren't aware and hadn't talked about the overtime rules being different. You know, that's obviously a conversation that needs to be had. And yeah, for Chris Jones not a good uh, to say that, uh, you know, they've been working on it since training camp with Andy Reid uh, planning to be in this moment in the Super Bowl uh, would tell you that they were ready to go. And look who it is who's rolled in here, and we appreciate it. By the way, just got a note, Rod Babers will be here in the 8 o'clock hour and now uh, hanging out with us is Nick Shuley. What's up, Nick? What's going on, man? Had you on uh, in the bullpen ready to go in case Rod got a little <laughs> bit delayed with his flight back. Uh, but, man, what a Super Bowl. Oh man, it was uh, it was exciting. It was a lot different than I than I expected. I thought it was going to be a little more high scoring affair, and it it turned into kind of a a defensive struggle. But it, I mean, it was a heck of a game. You can't you you just can't you can't put a price on an overtime in a Super Bowl. It's pretty great. Yeah, you can't. 
How about that, D? Yeah, Andy Reid, uh, Nick Shuley, of course, the uh, um, president of the Austin Music Movement, brings us our set list ATX on Wednesdays, but also doing great work with the Clark Field Creative and the NIL push at the University of Texas and a uh, big Longhorn fan uh, and, of course, big football fan. Uh, Nick, the, um, the, the defense itself, you said it. I mean, that, that we, we, I think we expected more, more of a shootout. Uh, but, man, it was, it was defensive. I thought the 49ers' defensive game plan, I don't know that we've ever seen in, in a big game environment, Patrick Mahomes looked as confused as he did in that first half. I mean, he was double clutching. He wouldn't get rid of the football. He was taking sacks. That tells you that the, the, the coverage and the defense was cloudy. He wasn't sure what he was seeing. They were taking his first and second you know, options away. Uh, we don't see Patrick Mahomes look like that very often. Yeah, and it, it was one of those things where you knew, you said in that in that first half, the 49ers have got to score as many points as they possibly can because we all know who that guy is in the fourth quarter. Yep. And, and he uh, he was that in the fourth quarter in overtime. But just when, when you need a play, he's there. He's uh, as clutch as they get, Patrick Mahomes. Because, uh, yes, once you get to the fourth quarter, and as I said, said I think as you were, you were walking in here, the uh, – the play of the game that really stands out to me that, that, that you know, if you're a Niners fan, that you're going you're gonna to regret. Obviously, the, the muff punt was critical, uh, the missed extra point. But even then, uh, on third and four, coming out of the two-minute warning, uh, it was the play of the game. Because if you convert a first down there, and this is, for, for me, for, uh, for Kyle Shane, it's almost two-down territory for me. I mean, in that moment, I know it's a tie game. But you're playing Patrick Mahomes. You're playing to, to beat this team that uh, uh, is a juggernaut. And third and four, you got to have your best call there. You have to – your play sheet, whatever. At some point during the two weeks of preparation, you've got – this is my best play for third and under five. I'm running this play because we're going to get a first down here. And then it's – we have the clock in our advantage. We're inside the, uh, you know, the 20-yard line. We have a chance to score a touchdown and win this game and never give the ball back to 15. Yeah, and I'm a huge Shanahan fan, and I'm not here to second guess him. Look, that I don't, I don't think it was their greatest play call, but I think you know when you when it was flipped, Andy Reid had a great call. He knew that blitz was going to be dialed up and had a little dump off there on third down that 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 they knew it was coming, and it, it seemed like the the Niners kept getting caught off guard, and Brock Brock Purdy was having to throw real quick by the pressure they were bringing, and I, I thought they were going to dial up something a little more creative than that instead of you know. Brock ducking to the side to avoid contact. Well, and we talked for two weeks, and uh, when Rod gets here, well, because he was obviously in attendance, but we talked all, you know, the, 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 the game plan between Kyle Shanahan and C. Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, and you said it. I mean, I, if I'm yelling at the TV, this is the biggest play of the game. Andy Reid knew it's the biggest play of the game, and C. Spagnuolo knew how big that play was. And, and, and it was one of the few that I remember defensive back blitzes they brought in that game. They brought Trent, Trent McDuffie on a corner blitz. And uh, as Rod talked about all last week, the, uh, the compressed sets where it brings the corners closer to the quarterback, right? I mean, when, when you're not, if you're playing corner out, out, outside the hash and outside the boundary and you're going to be corner blitzing, it's a lot longer run than if you're compressed. And it was compressed, and Trent McDuffie was right on top of Brock Purdy, which forced a quick throw, which forced the incompletion. That's huge credit. I mean, so if, I, if I'm going to you know, criticize Kyle Shanahan for not having the best play, I'm going to give huge credit to Steve Spagnuolo for dialing up the exact right blitz at the exact right time. And in that case, he won, he won the battle. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you who my MVP was, and it was that man you just talked about right there, Steve Spagnuolo. Like, that guy That guy had an, a great game plan. That Niners offense is incredible. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know how good they are. You can, you can see them put up, you know, 40-some <laughs> points on you. So, it, it, uh, that, that defensive effort was impressive. I mean, Trent McDuffie, uh, you know, first-round draft pick in 2022, as sticky a coverage player as there is in this league. 
Uh, Nick Bolton was tremendous. I mean, their linebackers are fast. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a really well-built defense. And, yes, yeah, Steve Spagnuolo, um, his resume is, as far as a defensive coordinator, uh, is good as any. As good as any. As a head coach, you know, he went to St. Louis and it was a, not, a, not a good experiment. But, uh, you know, to, to uh, Brock's point from last hour, it's surprising he hadn't gotten more head coaching opportunities. I just feel like he's settled in. He knows where he's at. He knows his role. He's, he's right there with Andy Reid. And he's got this quarterback. And if we build this defense and lock people up, we're going to win a lot of Super Bowls. I mean, that's really the mindset. And they've really, as an organization, from what they were two, three years ago, a high-scoring, high-octane, big-play offense have turned into this great defense give it to Patrick Mahomes in clutch situations to win football games. Yeah, I, I think it looks a lot different. And, and for the folks that hadn't really paid that much attention to the Chiefs this year, I think they looked up and said, who are all these guys on offense? And uh, you look up and the defense is the real thing. The defense and Mahomes are the, the ones you talk about. And it's been all year. It's been all year. Yep. I mean, I remember uh, coming in, talking, man, I, I saw him play uh, you know, Jacksonville early in the year and was like, man, this defense, they can cover. They can flat cover people. And they play a lot of man coverage and they're not afraid of it. And uh, – uh, they're sticky in the back end, and you know, then the pass rush gets home, and this has just been their case all year long. And uh, uh, the Niners are going to be left to kick and you know kick themselves for because it felt like they were the better team for most of the ball game, right? And then this is you kind of could say that for Buffalo at times in the Bills game. Uh, you know, Baltimore comes out of their game at home where why did we only run the ball six times? Why did what are we doing? I mean, like why did we throw the ball eighty percent of the time against his defense? And in the end, Niners fans are coming out wondering. Why did we stop running the ball in the second half? Why did we stop giving it to Christian McCaffrey? Yes, he had 22 carries, but probably should have had 32 carries against his defense. Uh, but this is what this defense does to you. It kind of fools you into uh, uh, kind of changing your uh, game plan, it feels to me. Yeah, and, and the thing that really resonated in my head is it's something we talk about. Where everybody talks about it every offseason, right? And, and, it's, and it's always, you know, special teams. And, and, and I think people – People still view it as such a secondary piece of the game, but when you watch a game like that, like that missed extra point, the the muff on the punt, these types of things, that flipped the entire game. Look, the game was a, a chess match otherwise, and then you, you know you've got. It just doesn't seem like the the effort was put on on that part as much. And I was talking to a Niners fan at the bar I was at last night, and he was just like so scared every time Moody got out there, even though he was a big pick. He's like, "This guy's so erratic. This guy, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not ready for him." And and you know, just hearing that, and you're like, I mean, I think the Cowboys are guilty of it too. And granted, it worked out the kicker situation this year, but so many teams kind of rolled the dice there, and it's such a key piece of the game, and it turned the Super Bowl. Certainly did. What uh, what bar were you at? Uh, I was at uh, it's a new one over on campus called Victory Lap, and I, I I hadn't I hadn't been there, but they actually are the new home of uh, DeAndre Moore's trailer Jive Turkey, and so the I went over there to kind of check that out, and it's it's a cool space. It kind of went in uh, what is that? I think it's twenty fourth yeah, in 24th. San Antonio. Yeah, been there, Brock. Yeah, that place is awesome, man. It's crazy. It's got this huge kind of synthetic lawn, tons of picnic tables. It's a huge space back there, and uh, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. And I will say, I do now have hope for future generations. I saw I saw some younger sorority girl wearing a, a high school Patrick Mahomes jersey, a White House Texas number five jersey, nice. which I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. She's from Beast Texas, maybe, <laughs> kind of like Patrick and Brittany. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, here's to your point of uh, Steve Spagnuolo. The Chiefs has faced the number two, number three, number four, and number six offenses in the playoffs Jeez. in this Ooh. run. They won four playoff games. Number two, number three, number four, and number six. Those four offenses combined to score over 28 points per game this season. They averaged 15.8 points against the Chiefs. <laughs> so Steve Spagnuolo in that defense shaved 12.5 points 
off of four and a, four of the best offenses in pro football. Um, gosh, I mean, and then you give you you give that defense to that quarterback and that head coach who are going to make adjustments, even though the defensive game plan for the Niners, because Steve Wilkes took a lot of criticism into this game, but that defense played great uh, for three and a half quarters of this football game. Uh, How but it's amazing. D, baby? How about that D, baby? <laughs> but then you look up, and as I said earlier, would it surprise you to know that the Chiefs ended up with 455 total yards? Wow. Like, I would have not have guessed that when I went to bed last night. I was like, the Niners' defense was great. 455 total yards in the game. I got to go and add up what they did in the third, in the fourth quarter in overtime. But, man, uh, that, and that's what you're talking about. If you can have a defensive coordinator and a defense that can limit, you know, points – and then a quarterback and a coach like that who are going to find a way uh, to, to get the offense cranked up even when it's scuffling. Uh, this is, as we said in our first hour, uh, and would you agree, Nick, this, this was the year to beat this team. Oh, for sure. This was the year to beat them. This was the – I mean, they, but it felt like it was one of the – they were one of those teams this year. It's like, it's like having a, a great reliever that's like, just give me a one-run lead, right? Just give me, give me something. And, if, and I think Mahomes is like, just give me the ball with a chance to tie it or that's win right. it. And he takes care of business. And that's what the defense did. Well, and very as we similar said, to they, Brady. Yeah, well, yeah, very exactly. similar. And I remember Rod and I talking about that early in the year, that it feels like they're flipping to the old Brady-Belichick mindset that – Okay, we're 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 gonna give up on the offense a little bit. We're gonna trade a Tyree kill. We're gonna invest on defense. And that's where we're gonna use our draft picks. And we're, if we have this clutch quarterback and this coach, if we limit points, we're gonna win. And that's how Brady and Belichick did it for year after year uh, over a twenty-year period. And that's what's kind of not, not kind of it's what's scary for the National Football League is uh, I do think they'll add offensive weapons this offseason. Travis Kelsey's already announced he's coming back for next year. Um, I think they'll be better next year, uh, unfortunately, for the rest of the league. I've seen a lot of rumors, and I, he was actually at the bar last night. Xavier Worthy was there, and I've seen a lot of rumors of that. And, like, putting, put him on that offense, I'd be, oh, uh, I, I would God. love that. Tyree yeah. Kill 2.0. Exactly. <laughs> Bring the speed. All right, Nick Shuley's hanging out. Rod Babers will be here into the 8 o'clock hour. Back from Vegas, we'll get the eyewitness account from RB. I'm sure we'll be disappointed for his friend Kyle Shanahan. Uh, talking about Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball in overtime, not defer with the new overtime rules. Also, your thoughts on the commercials, your thoughts on the halftime performance, all those uh, that surround Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. Coming back on Hook Up with Ian Rodby. Yeah, several people pointing out and sending video that Andy Reid has won two Super Bowls with the same play, beat the Eagles with a uh, pretty much a, a carbon copy of the touchdown pass to Nicole Hardiman on a play action, a little roll to the right and uh, wide open. And, yes, it was a backup third-string safety that got burned on that play as the Niners were down to, you know, how about Dre Greenlaw? I mean, what a, there were so many subplots of this game, but Dre Greenlaw – rupturing his Achilles tendon, running onto the field, coming out of a timeout. That was bizarre. Huge loss. To say the least. Huge loss. And uh, and the Niners' defense was playing great. Nick Shuley hanging out with us. Uh, uh, Brock Mollinger back at the Horn headquarters. Ta- Rod Babers is it landed. At a, I think he's at the uh, executive airport somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Wow. I'm trying to guess. Oh, wow. But he'll be here uh, shortly here in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, this is an interesting text because I heard this. The show before ours were having this debate that the Chiefs didn't win the game. San Francisco gave up the game. Um, I, you know, that, that sounds like a 49er fan or someone who bet on the 49ers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you could, you, well, I mean, you know, everybody has their perspective. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're rooting for the Chiefs. You're, you have a different perspective than if you're the Niners or you were bet on the Niners. Um, but yes, I mean, the Niners, 
uh, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you, you, you go to bed thinking our special teams got us beat and, you know, our, you know a, a muffed punt when our defense was completely you know, complete throwing a blanket over Patrick Mahomes. We gave him a short field, and that jump-started their offense on the touchdown to MVS, Marquez valdez Scandley, And then, you know, our red zone offense. We just didn't execute. With it. Remember, the, the Niners, this is where we give credit to, uh, to one side. You have to criticize the other. The, the Niners were the best red zone offense efficiency-wise in pro football this year, and they kicked field goals too often. And, you know, that's, that's the matchup. That's why when, when Rod takes you on deep dives in Rod's rant and talking about the matchups, that's what the, that's what the preparation's about. That's what executing in those moments are all about because touchdowns are going to win this game, field goals or not. Yeah, and they they too often. I remember looking up at the scoreboard and being like, "How is this game three to zero? I don't remember exactly what point that was in the first half, but completely unexpected on on that part. And and like I said, it's to me it was just special teams. Special teams is what what you know cost them that. And that muff punt flipped the entire game. Yeah, and and the blocked extra point, right? Like that that switches it from a field goal to tie it to a to a touchdown. Right. Well, I mean the. the yeah, the muff punt that, that that touchdown came with under three minutes to go in the third quarter. If you I mean so up to that point, the Niners' defense had held the Chiefs to six points. Yeah, and then the muff punt, and they they forced another punt, and they're about to get the ball back and a chance to you know go. And that punt, that muff punt, led to a a you know quick touchdown pass, a sixteen yard touchdown pass to MVS. And that flips the ball game. I mean, it you opened you, the floodgates. It did. <laughs> well, that was the beginning of. Uh, well, that was the second because because Patrick Mahomes had been been stifled most of the night. Uh, they went on four consecutive scoring drives there late in the game. Buckter kicked a field goal, Scanling touchdown pass, then the Buckter field goal, and then the uh, you know the you know Buckter kicks the field goal to send it to overtime, and then the Michael Hardeman touchdown. So four consecutive scoring drives after really not doing much for most of the first quarter and a half of this game, or two quarters and a half of this game, uh, and that's where special teams flipped. It was a heck of a ball game, lower scoring than most expected. What do you think of the halftime show, Nick Shuler? You're the live music expert. Uh, we're, we, we, had, we, had, uh, we had Usher looking like Tron on roller skates. <laughs> we had uh, Alicia Keys with a big red piano. Ozempic Silo uh, Green. No, it was not CeeLo Green. <laughs> Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> that was J.D. Uh, we had, we had uh, her at the end, right? Uh, yeah, that, I did not know. <laughs> you did not see that. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I, I mean, I know her, but uh, her H E R. I can't say I've ever seen her. Her, <laughs> her, her was there. Uh, but was it memorable at all to you? Did you get to see the halftime show? Or were you kind of uh, otherwise occupied? I mean, I'm such a jaded music person on halftime shows. I, I will say I was, uh, I was rooting. I like Usher a lot, and uh, and he's actually a Dallas, Texas native. For those that don't know, and. Uh, the guy used to come into Waterloo Records. He and his mom would check the stock on the records. Like they, uh, they were they were hustlers. But he, uh, it, man, I thought it was good. I I think the the biggest thing for me was I was excited that uh, that Ludacris brought the fro back. It's been it's, it's been a minute since he since he had the fro. So I think since his first record. So I was very excited about that. As far as halftime performances go, it's you know. It's turn up the backing track, turn down the lead mic, and let's all you know watch a bunch of fireworks and things like that. So it's 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 not my thing, but I will say that it's funny at the at the it shows you the the culture and and where we are right now at the bar. The loudest cheers, the loudest moments were the halftime show. Yeah, 
At the bar, okay. Yeah. Well, that's when people, because I know here, I, we we got we had three three TVs going, and everybody turned it up, and everybody's got, all the ladies get up, start dancing to Usher. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. getting into it. That's how that goes. Um, now, you know, you have to as halftime shows go. I thought it was a six out of ten. I got a, I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It, yeah, it, it just was, wasn't hugely memorable to me. Was, yeah. yeah, it was. It, it you know, Brock? It, it was a halftime show. <laughs> What's that? I can't wait for. What, were you going to say something, Brock? Oh, no. I was just like, oh, it was eh. It was eh. Eh? Yeah. eh. Okay. Yeah. So, That's eh. normally my time to switch eh. bars. I'll drive during that period. <laughs> so, you know. I love that. Well, um, we can't, I can't wait to hear Rod's thoughts from because he, he, I, I, I've not been to a Super Bowl to see how they – I mean, to set that up and the – the, the organization logistics that go into putting that up and tearing it down and uh, getting it all together and getting everybody back on the field. I know it's a longer halftime, but uh, uh, in the end, the Chiefs are your Super Bowl champs. Did you get to – well, now you're at the bar, so probably commercials. You, could, you, could you keep up with them? Yeah, yeah. They, they, had, they had the sound on. It had a big kind of projection uh, thing outside, a projection screen outside, and the, the sound was pretty loud. So you could, you could see all of them. I, uh, I, I think out of all of them, my favorite had to have been the – the Ben Affleck uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial. I thought that was – I got to go back and watch it you know, because I, 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 it was almost like a movie. It took a while. Yeah. Well, I just like – they had some – the the parts – the interactions of him and Matt Damon are, are pretty funny. And uh, and the uh, – I really like the Tom Brady part too. <laughs> so, it was uh, it was good. But, yeah, I, you know, uh, I thought – for for what they spend, it's it's tough. There Seven any, million dollars per thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. There just wasn't any that that I you know freaked out about or I'd go back and watch again. I can't say I I got super excited. Can What's I? The, uh, what was the? Oh, go sorry, ahead, go Brock. ahead. Okay, Brock. I was gonna ask, like, just curious, what is y'all's favorite halftime performance ever? Ooh, favorite halftime performance ever. You uh, um, two in New Orleans after nine eleven. That was pretty great. What was the year? Didn't they do one that was all the classic, like old school hip hop? That oh, was, yeah, that, that was, was in Los Angeles. Favorite. Yeah, that was yeah. With, that was L.A. Uh, that, that was LL Cool J. And, yeah, it was and Snoop and yeah, Ray, Mary that, J. That, Blige. Yeah, I'm trying to think back with some of the older ones. Like you, you know, I don't, that yeah. was a great one. But that yeah. was the Ode to Hip Hop. I thought that was great. Uh, we'll take yours favorite all time Super Bowl halftimes. Um, so and we'll also take your favorite commercials. I I did like the State Farm with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought that was pretty funny, clever. Because all you I mean like you're, it's hard to do something inventive and new these days. But I thought that was pretty clever with Arnold's accent. And uh, uh, I you know what's the one where with for the app where they're, they're going to throw the kid up to the up the cliff? Did we see this one? I don't know if I saw that one. Oh yeah, it's got Tua. Tua was in it and. Uh, um, I thought that was pretty good. I was a fan of that. But we'll take your thoughts on the best commercials. Also, uh, interesting facts from Super Bowl 58 from last night. The uh, Chiefs win the game, obviously, 25-23. Um, there were two record-setting field goals in the game. <laughs> Not one, but two. In the second quarter, Jake Moody drilled a 55-yarder. And then it, it, that was the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. That That's a record that had stood for 31 years. That's crazy. But then it was broken, like yeah. two quarters later, by Harrison Buckter, who built, booted a 57-yarder. I don't think he got 20 feet off the ground. I don't know how it didn't get blocked. It was so It was close so close to being blocked. I mean, it was like a missile. But Buckter's a machine. That if you guy's ever unbelievable. Watch, if you ever watch the Chiefs, yeah. that guy does not. I mean, I don't even watch when he kicks. It's just boring. <laughs> just going in. Well, I mean, so, you know, the missed extra point, the blocked extra point, Jake Moody had been 68 for 68 on extra points up to that point. <laughs> 68 for 68. I guess this is what Niner fans are losing their minds. And I'm sure 
that uh, Kyle Shanahan is losing his mind. You, you mean, this is just not something we do. Ch- Chiefs are the ninth team to repeat as Super Bowl champs. Um, the first since the Patriots in 4 5 And this is looking like a, a complete dynastic run by the Chiefs now. Because uh, as we said, this was this was probably the year to get the Chiefs because they weren't great. They were, they were 11-6 and six team this year. They lost six games. And look, let's go back to the six losses. Most of those were their own fault. Right? They lined up offsides or they dropped a ball or they tip drill interception against the Lions. But at the same time, this was the – and they cleaned that up, right? Give this, this, this team credit that when they got to the playoffs, got to January when they needed to be their best, they were. Yeah. And they went on a six-game win streak here. Uh, last two games of the regular season, all four in the playoffs against uh, four really, really good teams. Yeah, we, all we talked about all year were the, the Niners, the Ravens, uh, the Dolphins at one point, and it just never. I, th- I think after that first game where the, you know the Chiefs kind of didn't didn't look like the Chiefs, I think everybody kind of abandoned ship on them. And you know, props to them. They just when it when it's when it's time, they uh, they take care of business. Patrick Mahomes, uh, as the game kicked off yesterday, was 28 years, 147 days old, which he was already the youngest quarterback to start four Super Bowls before 30. So he start has a chance to go five before 30 next year. What if he plays to 44 like Tom Brady did? Like, he's, he hasn't even played part of his career. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing, right? He's, he's, he's 28 years old. Yeah. Um, he's 28 years old. And he started six seasons in this league, and he's won three Super Bowls, three MVPs already. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. And that's, he, you know, the reports this week, and, you know, you get reports out there. Lee Steinberg was doing interviews on Radio Row, his agent. He's, he's going to restructure his contract and take less money. He wants to lower his cap hit so that they can keep Chris Jones, that they can add more pieces, that they can keep winning. He's got the Tom Brady gene. He's got the Tom Brady, uh, you know, unlike – Winning time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, I don't begrudge quarterbacks or any player that says I want to be the highest paid player in my position or I need this, I need that. You know, Patrick Mahomes wants to win championships, period. Uh, and he's done that. His first contract, it was a, you know, the, the, it was a blockbuster $500 million 12-year deal when it was signed, but even then – it, it was built in to be flexible to the cap. Uh, yes, he's going to make a ton of money, but he does every other commercial on television. Uh, he's doing fine, but like Tom Brady, he wants to win rings, and he keeps winning rings, and he's not going to be the highest-paid quarterback or highest-paid player, but that's okay. Yeah, he's got – you know you know the quarterbacks that have that gene, and I think that's that's part of my frustration as a Cowboys fan. I think as a Texans fans, you, you know, you should be excited. I think, I think I, I see that in Stroud. Sadly, I don't see it in, in Dak and look, look what it does. Look, look what a guy like that does, it, you know, and granted that they're, you know, they don't come along all the time, but that he's something special. And, and I had zero doubt. I didn't, I didn't really care who won. I was kind of rooting for Shanahan just because, because of the Longhorn ties, but I had zero doubt that that game was that game was over the second the the Forty ers got a field goal. I was like, this thing's done. And uh, in Chiefs overtime, are, yeah, the Chiefs are going to win. And I was like, they're one hundred percent scoring a touchdown. And all right, coming back, we will have that debate. Bullish or BS? Uh, a lot of folks criticizing Kyle Shanahan for defer not deferring in overtime because I know that sounds crazy, but the rules in overtime are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And uh, the idea might have been to defer and you know get the ball second. Because even if the Chiefs score a touchdown, you get the ball second uh, and have a chance to go score. Uh, We'll talk about it. Bullish or BS on that conversation. Also bullish or BS on uh, the other topics of the Super Bowl. And how about uh, Longhorn basketball? Men and women both roll this weekend. Uh, Texas softball off to a 5-0 start. They're rolling. We'll get to some of that as well. Your favorite commercials, your halftime show thoughts. Coming back, 447-3776. The text line, hook them up with Ian Rodby.
Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. All right, Rod Babers is making his way from the airport to here, uh, the South Austin Onion Creek Compound. Well, he will bring us his eyewitness account of last night's Super Bowl 58 where the Kansas City Chiefs won their second consecutive Super Bowl. Uh, they'll go for three in a row next year. Uh, next season, as this text says, think of the awesome drama with the Chiefs next year, truly becoming public enemy number one as everyone tries to stop them from being the first ever to win three in a row. Uh, you mentioned C.J. Stroud and the Texans, Josh Allen and the Bills, uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, obviously Ball, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I mean, the, the challenge is to knock that guy off and somehow beat Kyle Shanahan, obviously, in the NFC. But uh, you got to get there to beat him, and uh, it is pretty damn impressive uh, that they are – um, you know, as good as they are. And, and the, the, the way they flipped from being an offensive team to a defensive team with that quarterback, um, you know, can't say enough about what they've done in their front office, in their draft, in their uh, philosophy. And it wasn't always pretty this year. And there was a lot of criticism of uh, the receivers, and we certainly had it for the drop balls and the mistakes they would make. But, man, you know, when it mattered most, they were absolutely – I mean, the clutch gene, as we talk about, Nick, I mean, it's – it, 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 it's one of those un, undefinable things. You just see it, and uh, Patrick Mahomes has it in, in absolute spades. Yeah, just don't let that man in the playoffs. That's the only way to stop him. So he's, It is uh, Michael Jordan-like, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Josh Allen may go down as like the Brad Doherty of his time, right, where you just I – mean, I always remember the Cleveland Cavaliers had some really good teams, really good teams. <laughs> Mark Price and Brad Doherty, and uh, they just couldn't beat Michael Jordan. They couldn't – I mean, they might have won two or three championships. Couldn't beat Michael Jordan, and uh, this is what the NFL is now dealing with, and someone's got to knock him off. We'll see. Uh, as far as uh, bullish and BS on halftime shows, people say Shakira and J-Lo. Uh, multiple people said that Prince was the best. Yeah, Prince performed in the rain. Yeah. If you remember in Tampa, that was a great performance. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Somebody, uh, uh, somebody texted in and just said Janet Jackson. I thought that was pretty Ooh, funny. Oh, yeah, that I was thought that was pretty with, funny. With Timberlake. Yeah, with Timberlake. <laughs> that was the nipple slip thing mm-hmm. deal. The wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if that that, was Houston. the disclaimer they showed, Apple showed a disclaimer before, and I couldn't tell if it was a joke or if it was serious because it was like talking about how there was going to be gyrating. and all. It was like a warning. It was almost like a rated R thing. <laughs> and, and I think it was serious because I think they were warning, you know, families, watch out. There's going to be dirty dancing on TV. Dirty yeah, maybe, little, if, uh, maybe if Drake was performing, they'd need that. I don't know about, I don't know about Usher. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, he got, he, he, I saw there, there was a little grinding on there. Hello. Well, look, I mean, uh, I was doing morning radio at the time, and I, the world stopped when yeah. her boob came out. <laughs> like, it, it's unbelievable how far, like, really? We, we were going to freak out about the FCC. I mean, like, our radio rules changed in yep. the wake of Janet Jackson. Oh, they wanted them arrested. Oh, People the wanted FCC them arrested. was out for blood like, yeah. <laughs> because grandmas were offended, uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. It's unbelievable. Uh, but, yes, now we have yeah, Shakira and J-Lo out there half-naked shaking their booties uh, 20 years later, for crying out loud. Uh, but either way, it says, imagine if the Chiefs draft Xavier Worthy. That would be bullish. Yes, that would be very bullish. Hey, let me ask you this, Nick. Bullish or BS on this conversation? Kyle Shanahan, knowing the new overtime rules in the playoffs, should have allowed the – he should have deferred the, the, the ball and given the Chiefs the ball in overtime instead of taking the ball and, uh, you know – 
you know, taking the ball down and kicking a field goal. I Bullish mean, or BS? I, I think it's I think it's BS. It's the classic. It's it's every argument always of no matter what you do as a coach, if you lose, it was the wrong decision. You should have done this because of this and that. And I think you can sit there and say it, but I, I think hey, look, he's an offensive guy, and for an offensive guy to believe in his offense, that's that's why you pay him. And, yes, and yeah, that's who he is. And I guarantee you, Steve Sarkeesian would have done the exact same thing because he well, believes in his offense. Well, and now it is you know, more like the college rule in that, you know, you don't get the ball at the 25-yard line, but you each get the ball. Yep. Uh, and there is an argument to be made. And it was Chris Jones after the game, the Chiefs defensive tackle, said, we've been talking about this since training camp, yeah. that if we get into overtime in the playoffs, we're going we're gonna to defer. And we're, if they score, we're scoring, we're going for two. And so, I mean, Chris Jones was left to reveal that they they had a play. But they were not going to let – because Kyle Shanahan, after the game, said, you know, my plan was to get the ball the third time. Like, I wanted the ball third. Uh, and, you know, so if we're going to go down and score a touchdown, they, and I expect Patrick Mahomes, the alien that he is, to go score a touchdown, we want the ball third because then it's sudden death. And if we can have – which is a fair argument, right, that, you know, um, you know, w- which is why, you know, the red zone becomes such a big factor that they, they got down to the nine-yard line and couldn't score a touchdown. They got to put the ball in the end zone right there. Didn't. And then the alien beat them. Yeah. And yeah, I think you can sit there and second guess all day, but but an offensive guy is going to believe his offense is going to score, and when you got that many weapons, and yeah, it was uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't I don't put that on on Shanahan, and I actually give props to the NFL, like the, I, I like the that rule a lot better because I hate I always hated whoever wins the coin toss wins the game kind of kind of thing. And yeah. I just never liked that. Are you bullish or BS on the uh, the, the 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 criticism of Kyle Shanahan that they abandoned the run in the second half? I, I, I feel like they did. Abandon's an aggressive word, but but they should have leaned on it more. I agree with that, uh, especially with the lead, especially with Christian McCaffrey as your lead back. Well, because I, I, you know, and we'll dig in. It's it's not even twenty four hours from the game. I want to dig into some of the, uh, uh, the 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 film and what formations there. But it did feel like they went to more spread formations and, and less Kyle Uzcheck and less the fullback but again i mean the play the game went fast uh we'll take your thoughts on it but uh it did feel like they uh, they 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 went away from christian mccaffrey in that second half uh when they when they he's the best player on the field for them i think and uh he ended up with 22 carries though he also caught a touchdown pass and that was a great play call by the way for kyle shanahan the throwback pass and uh, kyle you know touchdown on the catch for for christian yeah, Jennings got cleaned out on that one. But uh, I guarantee he doesn't want to play quarterback. But, yeah, I remember looking up. I think it was either late in the third or early in the fourth and, and seeing that McCaffrey had – I think he had 102 total yards at that point and 50 of them were rushing. And I was like, how does how does he only have 50 yards? Because that guy, every time he touches the ball, it's it's six. Like six yards, not six points. But, yeah. I mean, he scores a lot too. Seems like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but, again, you get that Chiefs defense credit. They did uh, force the issue. This says Prince was the all-time best halftime show. Maybe you already said that. Yeah, Prince was. In, 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 and he played in the rain, which he's playing Purple Rain in the rain. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and Prince is always going to, you know, get top billing. Uh, I would say this for uh, Bullish and BS. Watching the Texas basketball team roll it up on West Virginia on Saturday, Nick, they, were up, they built a 43-point lead. I mean, Dylan DeSue in the first half was doing his best Kevin Durant impression. Scored 19 points, went 7 for 7 and 5 for 5 from three-point land. Uh, scored 20 points in the first half. Were you more impressed with the, with the performance or were you more concerned that they lost to West Virginia in the start of the Big 12 race? Well, I was very excited for that performance. <laughs> it was nice to, nice to see the guys cranking, but all that was creeping in my head, and I have a – 
you know, group text with a, with a bunch of my Texas buddies. And, and every single person was like, how did we lose to this team? How did we lose to this team? And it's, and it's true. I mean, they were up, Texas was up 55, 30 at half. And I, I don't know. I, I give props to Rodney on this game too. I think he, he's been tweaking with the lineups and, and I don't know if you noticed, but this was, they, they played a, re, a total, honestly, of like six guys, truly like that game. Like they had, they had six guys over, they had six guys in double digit minutes that game. And it was the it was Mitchell, DeSue, Weaver, Hunter, Acemas, and then they brought Horton in for I think Horton got twenty some minutes, but other than that, everybody else was in single digit minutes. And so I think Rodney's trying to trying to tweak it and find it. And, and I mean, good lord, Kendall Weaver is a spark plug. That kid is he's he's Who knew what he had those ups. Yes, <laughs> that guy hit his head on the backboard yeah. like on a dunk. He was up so high. Yeah, I saw somebody post. That's the uh, greatest and worst highlight I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest and worst. I got to say that uh, th- this Rodney Terry team this year threatens to be one of the more frustrating teams because they look like a really good team, but they they don't have the clutch gene right now. They don't have the uh, close the game gene against really good teams, and until they find it. Now look, I'll give Rodney Terry this. His team's got better. His team got better last year. Yeah, mid-February into late February into the Big 12 championship game. And if that's the case, they're going to be a tough outcome tournament time. Uh, but they've got a – you know, they, they're off this week. This is a really big week for Houston, for Texas basketball. Uh, they, don't have a, they don't have a midweek game, so they get a little bit of a breath. Uh, and they play at Houston this Saturday uh, is their next game. So, you know, can they, can they write some things, get some things uh, that feels like they're finding what their identity is? They just have to continue to work at it and figure out how to close games. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get to the tournament. And you know, look, they're sixteen and eight and five and six in conference. I, I saw a stat that they were the the best road team in the Big Twelve and the worst home team in yeah. the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's which weird. Is, which is crazy to to think, especially after how they played at home last year. But I, I think this team just got to get to the tournament. And I saw they I think they were twenty twenty fifth in one ranking, thirty third in the in the the new uh, Ken Palm or whatever it was. So so I mean they're they're as of right now they're gonna get in the tournament, but they're also so one of those teams that I, I could see them ended up at an eight nine seed. And well, the, the problem with that West Virginia loss and that one and three start to conference play is that they still have to go to Houston, they have to go to Waco, they've got to go to Lubbock, they've got to go to Kansas. Yeah, uh, that's th- still on the schedule. You got to find two or three wins somewhere in there, and you can't be losing five games in a row when you when it comes time to to look at the tournament. Hundred percent. All right, there's Bullish or BS. This was the Paramount Plus commercial with Patrick Stewart was the best throwing the cartoons. That was what it was. It was Patrick Stewart with Tua. And, um, gosh, who, who's E.T. lady? E.T. girl. I can't oh, think of her name. Man. Oh, gosh, I can't, I can't pull that Brain up. frog. Yeah. I, I shouldn't call her E.T. lady. She's been an actress for a long, long time. But she was an E.T. She was a little girl in E.T. That's when uh, I first knew her. But she was in it, and they, they had cartoons. It was all the stuff you could see on Paramount. And it, Pat, they were trying to debate, could they throw the kid throw the kid up on a cliff? You get, yeah, it was, it was actually very well done. Very good commercial. I did like the Dunkin' Donuts, yes, with that with Affleck and Matt Damon, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was in like three different commercials. He was in a in a gambling commercial with uh, Vince Vaughn. Was that DraftKings? Uh, no, MGM. Bet MGM. Yeah, yeah, it was MGM. That's right. Tom Brady was in like four different commercials. Yeah. This he's, guy. He's doing just fine. Can you just get off my Super Bowl for one time for crying out loud? <laughs> Next year, Tom Brady's going to be calling the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. He'll be doing the color. He's going to be good. Nick Shuley is hanging out, pinch it until Rod Babers arrives from the airport. He's back from Vegas. It was at the game last night. We'll get an eyewitness account from RB. Uh, disappointing, I'm sure, with Kyle Shanahan and the Niners falling to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in overtime. We'll recap it coming back here from Patrick Mahomes. Um, on his way to being the greatest there's ever been, arguably. We'll talk about it with you. Hook him up with Ian Rodby.